Wow, I picked the right verse. Actually, I didn't pick. I, I, it, it's funny. I don't pick. I don't choose the verse until Sunday uh, morning, and usually I do it in my in the twilight, right when I wake up. I'm like, Lord, what verse would you like us to discuss this morning? And the first thing I I, that I heard was, I'm doing a new thing, and, and I'm like, okay, I know that verse, and so I, I put it down, and and it. It coincides with, with our study through the book of Luke um, in Luke 5 because, and, and even, even today on Palm Sunday, they didn't perceive what God was doing. It was already starting. It already started, but they, they didn't perceive it. They, they saw it or they saw it for something else. And um, here in, in chapter 5 at the very end, uh, let me take you back one week, uh, the, the Pharisees started... C- trying to figure out who is this Jesus guy. And everything Jesus did was something that it was easy to judge that that's obviously not God. Now, I, I heard some, someone say one time, I don't know if you've ever, uh, and this happens to me actually, you know, three or four times a week, Jendiel, she'll be playing some worship music and the, it'll be some, some live and, and then, so, you know, the, the band will go off, you, you know, and they'll, they'll just be singing off and, and, Usually I'm I'm kind of like I'm singing the song, people. It's not time to go off, you know that. But but I heard I, I you know what I'm talking about going off. It just singing freely, which is awesome. But when you're listening to someone sing freely, you're like, uh, let's move on to the next thing. I just want to I just want to hear the song. Um, so this happens quite often, and I'm like, Lord, uh, I'm like, hon, can you move it to a new to a new song? But I heard someone say the reason that is is because you're not there. The people there, that's why they're singing freely, and 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 a lot of times we look at stuff, and because we're not there, we make the wrong judgment because we're we're not there in heart or not there physically. And that was kind of a rebuke to me, because either get there, <laughs> you got to get there. Uh, anyway, so what we find here in chapter 5 is that the Pharisees, as they were looking in on Jesus, they weren't getting there. And Jesus started to explain to them. So last week, um, the, Jesus is at a party uh, at Levi's house. And the, the Pharisees asked the, they, they asked the disciples, like, why, why are you guys eating with sinners? And instead of the disciples, they're like, oh, I don't know the rules to this Christian thing yet. Uh, I don't know. Should we be with these sinners? And there's always this pressure. There's always religious pressure to conform, right? And every church you go to, they, we, ha- we have our conforming. And, and, and it can be loose, you know, loose conforming. I do whatever I want conforming. Or this is how we do it here. We, you know, we pray this way. And, and when you're trying to encounter Jesus, you have to be ready for the new thing. You have to be ready for the new things. And they weren't. They were stuck in the old. And the concern for Jesus, and I think why he didn't let the disciples answer them, wasn't just because they didn't know what the rules were. But he wanted to disciple them too. He wanted to make sure you guys know uh, that the, the, the rules of the past, the way we used to approach God, are now different. And that brings us to today. And then once Jesus spoke, they, they said, okay, we got another one for you, Jesus. And here's, here's where we are, Luke 5.33. Then they said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. 
but yours go on eating and drinking. So obviously you're doing this thing wrong. They're, they're instructing Jesus on how things are supposed to be. And, and Jesus says, answered, I like this, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? He says, you're not realizing there's a wedding happening. And, you know, back in those days, they, they used to take like two weeks for the wedding, right? A, a week to party and then a week to party after. So, so, and a lot of times it was the only time that they actually had, like, they didn't have vacation time, right? They didn't have a, what is that, unlimited PTO. Uh, they, they had to get back to work. And so J- Jesus is, is explaining, you guys are missing, the wedding is here and the bridegroom is here and it's beginning. It's, it's starting. Isn't that beautiful? And, and then he goes on, yeah, there'll, there'll be a day that, that, that this wedding celebration will be over and then there will be on to new things. And then, of course, those people will fast. And then he, he told them this parable. And this is the first parable in Luke, or in, in this gospel. And you've heard it before, and I'm not going to, because I've spoken uh, this parable a number of times, uh, I'll give you the short version. But as I was reading, I just kept coming back to what is the Holy Spirit wanting to say to us today? And so here's what it says. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece of cloth out of a new garment to patch an old one. Well, that makes sense. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And then he says, and no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new. For they say the old is better. Okay, let's take us to now to us. Every one of us is stuck in a certain way. And we'll never accomplish the next thing. And I like that, that that's what Kendra was saying. You can't rely on yesterday for God to do the new thing of today. And you'll always be looking back and say, remember the former things. Remember the last revival and you miss the new revival. <laughs> you know, it's like Asbury's happening, and we're still back in Brownsville. It's like, hold on a second here. Uh, we gotta, we gotta move on to the new thing, but we'll say, oh, well, it's different. It was, you know, it, it, and anyway. So Jesus was trying to instruct his disciples and us and the Pharisees that if you're looking for the old, it's not going to fit. The, the, the old cloth won't fit the new garment, or the new garment won't fit the old cloth, and the new wine won't fit the, the, the wineskins. Now, uh, there were four things, and I always just have three points, but today I have to do four. Because most of us, as we're moving into, we, we've come out of the pandemic season, and I hate to say that as like it's a thing, because I curse it. I do. I do, because it was 100% satanic from beginning to end, and it hasn't ended. It was just the beginning of 
the next thing that Satan wants to do to try to constrain the gospel. Because ultimately, it's not about what we think. It's not about the government. It's not about money. It's not about this. It's the gospel. Because the gospel must go forth to every nation so that he can come, right? And so if we lock everybody up, where do the missionaries go? I, 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 we have some missionaries in our school that are, are missionaries to China. Uh, and they've been, they haven't been able to go back. Uh, and, and now, now they are, are going back. But again, for two, three years, they've not been able to preach the gospel where they've been called. Because, you know, so do you understand that we, we don't see the gospel ramifications of what Satan was trying to do? But now it's a new day and God wants to do a new thing. Are you with me? Okay, so that's big picture. And then with our church, do you think that God wants to do a new thing? If we rely on the old stuff, will God be able to produce the new stuff? Now, a lot of times what churches do is they try to put in new stuff like the world. It's like, okay, we need, you know, we, we need flash pots and lots of lights and stuff. We've got to paint this place black. Oh, because that's very important, and have lights. I was at a church recently, and and you know during worship, you know, there's the light guys like doing this stuff, and you know, and it's like, you know, I always say that if you need lights for the presence of God, you're probably not going to get the presence of God. Maybe maybe it's Ichabod, people. Sorry. Now, but but again, we, we want, and I actually love those environments. I don't mind all the stimulation. <laughs> Because I'm ADD, and so, uh, so it's cool. Anyway, so yes, it, we've got the big picture. We've got the, the kingdom picture here. But I want to focus on our lives. How many could use something new in your life? Not a new car, <laughs> but a new day, <laughs> right? And what Jesus is saying here is that when you walk in the gospel... He starts declaring new things to you. And, and my, one of my mentors used to say about this verse, he says, now, he, said, he calls it a, a suddenly, that God does stuff suddenly. And we could even say that to Kendra. Say, wait, 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 now. And when it, it comes, you know, because we're like, ah, oh, I've just been waiting here for five years. I guess I get another five years. But you never know when now is. And God loves to do suddenly stuff, right? The things you've been praying for, and you're like, well, it's not, you know, as soon as you give up, as soon as you give up, Hector, it's like, yeah, those, those relatives, those sinners. And God says, now's the time. When did you get saved? Was it a now time? I got saved. It was like, all of a sudden, it's like, now. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay, it's a new thing. It's a new day. So I want to talk to you uh, briefly about four new things. The first, the good news is always a new thing. And the gospel isn't a one time. It's like, yes, Jesus forgave my sins. It's a continuation of what he's trying to do to restore your life. I used to say this to new believers, but I used to teach this class on new believers, and I'm like, God's original design is this beautiful blueprint of a person that you were supposed to be. And yet through sin and all the mistakes and all the dumb things we did, and you know, I did a lot of dumb things, uh, all of a sudden the blueprint gets all messed up. 
And when you come to Christ, it, it, it's the beginning of the reconstruction, but he's got to tear some stuff out of your life and he's got to move some stuff over here and move some stuff. And then all of a sudden you start to realize, wow, foundation's laid. I'm starting to walk with Jesus. Oh, look, we got some lights, <laughs> the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay, we're good. So we understand that Jesus wants to do a new thing. But as Rodney was saying, is like we get calloused. We get it's like, this is just my mode. And today I want us to, to ask this thing. Jesus, do a new thing in my life. Okay? Will you pray that prayer? Let's just say it. Jesus, do a new thing in my life. Okay. The second thing is, in Revelation, the end, the end of the book, it says, I am, I am making all things new. And that's a declaration that requires some faith, right? Because there, I don't know about you, but I, I've, I've made a lot of, I've made a lot of messes. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody have made at least one mistake uh, this week, you know? Not mistake. You sinned. I was, I was going to tell on myself, but I think I won't. Now you're all thinking, oh man, he's fallen into sexual sin or something. No, it wasn't. Uh, happened today. You know how sometimes you complain about bad drivers? I was the bad driver of the day. I was listening to my music this morning on the way to church, and you know how it is. You just kind of get in the mode, and the arrow light turned green, and I drove on. I've never done that. I drove through the red light on the green arrow, going straight. Yeah. Now you can curse and say, that guy! Because if you were in the car that was trying to turn, and they're like, idiot. I was the idiot today. <laughs> I've never been the idiot. I've been a perfect driver up until this morning. I've never had a problem. <laughs> and actually, somebody pulled up next to me at the next light. Because I did hit every light after that as, as my punishment. She's like, roll down the window. And I'm like, I got it, I got it, I got it. But I rolled down my window. She goes, I'm not mad at you. I just want you to be safe. She, she was the nicest lady. She was like my mother. She's like, you did a bad thing. I forgive you. I'm like, oh, thank you for the, for the encouragement. <laughs> The idiot driving next to you now <laughs> on every light until we get to... Anyway, where was I? So Jesus is declaring all things new. So this morning, or today when I get back in the car, all things new. He's restored me. We all have broken things in our lives. We all have squandered opportunities. <laughs> we all wish we had something back. <laughs> Jenny and I, we, we always talk about so, uh, one, of, one of my bad investments back in 1998, back when the internet was starting up, I invested in a company that didn't do well. I'm like, why didn't I invest in Apple? What was I thinking? Uh, anyway, we, we, we talk about that, how rich we would be right now <laughs> if we had bet on a different horse. Okay. It's gone. However, 
Jesus can restore, he can create, he can recreate, he can heal. He is wanting to restore all and make all things new. So what's broken in your life? You got something broken right now? Something out of joint? We say, Jesus, make all things new. Say it. Jesus, make all things new. See, this is what the Pharisees were missing. Is Jesus, you're doing a new thing. Jesus, you make all things new. Third thing is, in in Hebrews it says that he's made a new and living way to approach God. How we approach God, you know, before Christ, you you don't know how to approach God. Then you come to Christ, and then you you get involved with whatever culture, you know. It's like, you know, I I went to the Free Will Baptist Church. Uh, It was my friend's church. Those guys were hard. You know, know, they they were... they, they were into it, but they had free will. They weren't the, the non-free will Baptists. Well, it's really tough, you know. Then I got to the Assemblies of God, and, uh, you know, I wore a suit for like 15 years with, at church, and then I realized you can be cool. I can't get in my skinny jeans, but if, <laughs> but if I had skinny jeans to get into, I'd be wearing skinny jeans right now. Okay, I got to keep moving. Jesus made a new way for us, and he's making a new way for us. And I, I, want, I, I think sometimes we don't perceive that he's wanting to take us higher and further and closer than we're supposed than we are right now. And so the third prayer, we'll just get it here, is Jesus, I, I want you to show me the new and living way in a fuller way. And Jesus, take me into this new and living way. And the Bible says there in, in, in Hebrews, uh, where am I? Where am I? My notes. Yes, I don't want to get it right. Hebrews 10, right before 11. He says that he takes us through the flesh, through Christ's flesh. And that reminded me, and we're going we're communion today, and I think that's what we'll do right now. Let's pause as we're coming to this new and living way. And uh, let's go ahead and let's... Uh, take communion together as I get to my fourth point, which my fourth point is that Jesus created a new covenant for us. All right, I'll keep talking for a moment. So in the, in the past, these Pharisees were like, this is how you have to approach God. And Jesus says, no, now how we approach God is we come through him. We come through Jesus. Thank you. Um, He's he's made a new and living way for me to come to him. In John chapter 6, the people asked Jesus, what must we do 
to do the works of God. And Jesus tells him, the work of God is this, to believe in me. The new and living way is his invitation to come close. Now I want to take you back real quick. The whole picture here of Jesus' explanation is a wedding. As Jendi said uh, during our sacred reading time, we went to a, a wedding this weekend. And weddings are... They're the best, aren't they? The best, because you're, you, you know, is our um, our daughter-in-law from our daughter's husband's sister, and you're there, and you're and you're watching what's going on, and being old married people like we are, you're thinking, how many seasons of life will they go through? where they're tested in this beautiful vows that they're making to each other. You know, because right there, it's like, it's all good. It's all honeymoon from here. You know, I, I only got to see you into next week and I'm good. You know, and then years later, you realize all the seasons you go through, but you're looking ahead. And that's what Jesus, he said, it's the bridegroom. We're supposed to be living in a way where we are perceiving the wedding that's coming right? It's a celebration that Jesus has is, is already started the new thing, and he's bringing us close. And in, uh, you know, when Jesus was instituting this, this meal for us, and even though this isn't a meal, he says, I'm making a new covenant to you. This is the, the, the blood of the new covenant, and the covenant is, is the marriage vows. And Jesus is like, this is how it works. I am going to give you all of me. Will you join me in giving all of you? And that's what the marriage vows are. It's like, today I stand here with you. I give you my life. And the other person says, I give you my life back. Because it's going to be good. But through whatever joys or trials we face, we promise to honor each other in our new covenant. So this morning, Jesus says, I have a new and living way. It's through the veil of my flesh, which is represented when Jesus said, let's do this. He says, this is my flesh. It's broken for you. It's broken. It's made. It's broken open so that you can come in fully. You're not, no matter where you are right now, you're like, ah, you know, I mean, I am messed it up. I can't come in. And Jesus says, nope. I've opened the way for you. It's new and it's living. It's not a dead way like we used to do it. It's like, okay, it's a new way. So this morning, I want us to just pause for a moment. Thank you, Jesus, that you have given all of yourself to me without reserve. You didn't say, if you're okay, if you do everything right, then we'll be on the same page. But he said, no, 
I am marrying you right now. And he says, every time you take this bread and drink this cup, you remember our wedding day, the day you said yes to me. And I said, you're all of mine. And so, Lord, we take this bread this morning, and we thank you that it's not about religion anymore. The Pharisees were trying to figure it out. How much do we have to fast again? How much do we have to pray? And Jesus said, no, you're at the wedding. I am marrying you today. And so, Lord, we take this bread remembering what you've done for us. Let's go ahead and take the bread this morning. And then he said, he, he took the cup. He said, this is my blood. This is my life. This is all. This is what the essence of me. I want you to know that I've given you everything of me, my entire life, so that you can find the new life. The new covenant is forgiveness of sin. 100%, as Leonard had shared with us, far as east is from the west, put aside so that we never have to be concerned. Can I come to God? Do I have to fast? Do I have to pray enough? But Jesus says, every time you do this, remember, no, we're not doing those rules anymore. The only rule is, come to me. So as we take the cup this morning, we're reaffirming our covenant with Jesus that he gave his life to forgive us of our sin, and we did nothing but say, yes, and I love you, and thank you. So we take this cup this morning and thank him. In Jesus' name, let's take it. Thank you, Lord. All right. Jesus ends with a weird warning at the end of this passage. He says, No one who has had the old wants the new. No one except me, you. How many want the old? But there, you know, I, I truly believe God wants to do something new in our lives, he wants to do new in the church, He wants to do new in our country, and new in the world. And in order to do that, we're, He's going to have to speak to us, and we're going to have to perceive it, that He's doing something new. And we can't look back at the old. That's how Jesus, yeah, in my day, it was a good old day. All right? Um, I put down here, the reason we don't want the new is because I'm comfortable as it is. I don't know what the new is, and I don't like new. And I don't have the energy. Some of us older people are like, oh, Jesus is doing a new thing. What's that going to cost me? <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm falling asleep at 7.30 now. Uh, it's like... Uh, 
But don't be afraid because God, when he does something new, he empowers the new. And he wants to do something new, so he'll empower us, whatever that means. And I'm trying not to pretend that I know it because I don't. All right. So here's our, our practice as we, as we depart. All of the promises of God are yes. Let's invite Jesus to do a new thing. Everybody say it. Jesus, do a new thing. And then we declare it, then we pray for it. He will abundantly do more than we can ask or imagine. Let's say, Jesus, you are making all things new. Jesus, you are making all things new. Then we get the step in to what he does. By faith, they did it. Hebrews chapter 11, you have made a new way for me. Let's pray it. Lord, you have made a new way for me. And then finally, we get to walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, you have committed yourself to me. As we leave today, and we're going to pray it, you have committed yourself to me. We just announced it. Let's go ahead and say it. You have committed yourself to me. As he has committed himself there is nothing that we will lack. I have a great expectation that God wants to accomplish a new thing uh, in your life. He's the way maker. He wants to do miracles beyond you can ask or imagine. We just need to declare it. All the promises of God are yes and amen. And then say, yes, Lord. It's that adding of faith for us God already know God is already doing what he's doing, isn't he? But faith is the ability to see what's only perceptible by the spirit. And I want to see it. And I want you to see it. And we're going to see it because he's doing a new thing. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. That's what the Pharisees missed. (laughs) Don't be a Pharisee. Okay. God bless you who have joined us online this morning. Thank you for joining us. May you experience the new things of Jesus this week. As we walk into Holy Week, uh, let's ask God to do a new thing for us. We love you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.